Hello and welcome to A Brother's Creed Podcast, where we talk about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers. I'm Ethan. And I'm Jared. And today, we are going to talk about some interesting stuff. But first, what I want to do is ask you for a favor. I want to ask you to please uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe on wherever you listen to podcasts so you can get these episodes quicker. Uh, Whenever we release the episodes, uh, those who are not subscribed, it takes... Uh, much longer for you to receive these notifications these episodes are out. Yeah, and leave us just a quick comment, you know, a comment saying, hey, good job, or love the podcast, or, you know, love the episodes, or great content. It doesn't have to be a long, long anything, just uh, something that uh, kind of lets other people know that... Uh, and us, too. We yeah, appreciate us too. That's, and then That's true. Maybe, you know, maybe more selfish than not. <laughs> and then also, just if you could leave us a, a five-star rating, that'd be great. Uh, that, that goes a long way with us. So it uh, goes a long way with re- reaching a bigger audience. So we appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about confidence versus arrogance. Um, really, a really interesting topic. Um, you know, I, I was reading a thing that was saying that uh, a lot of people say that the that the there's a thin line between confidence and arrogance. But then one of the articles I read said, but it's actually a grand canyon of difference between confidence and arrogance. And I think it can feel that way sometimes. I mean, if you get a person who's just confident versus a person who's very arrogant, it kind of seems like they're a grand canyon apart. So, uh, we'll dive in, we'll kind of explore the two and the differences and, and, uh, maybe how we can be, uh, one or the other. Let's do it. You can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in the pocket. We will not go quietly into the night. They tell me you're a man with true grit. I am the one who knocks. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! That's how winning is done. All right, so today we're going to be talking through confidence versus arrogance. Um, now, confidence is something that's it's kind of a fine line, like we said, between confidence and arrogance, or it can seem like a fine line. Um, but the first thing that, that what I want to do is talk about confidence. There are tons of different definitions of confidence itself. Um, basically, the first definition that I found is the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. So that's almost like having confidence in someone else or, you know, having confidence in the, 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 not that you tied, you know, as you're going climbing, that it's not going to fall apart and you're going to fall to your death, right? Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that's maybe one kind of confidence. Um, you can have both confidence in in ourselves or confidence in others. Uh, another definition is a feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities and qualities. Yeah. So it's almost like an assurance that, you know, I have a certain ability or qualities and that gives me assurance or confidence in a certain situation gives me an appreciation for that. Another one, this last one, final one, kind of maybe goes into a little bit more what, what we are talking about today is confidence is a belief in oneself. The conviction that one has the ability to meet life's challenges and succeed and willingness to act accordingly. So I, I'm confident enough to meet life's challenges and succeed. So it's kind of confidence. Uh, I, I like that that definition. So um, getting into confidence. Well, I, was, I think one thing, I think that confidence isn't just like 
sometimes like if, if you can, even you can have confidence in something you've never even done before. Like you, I can have confidence in my ability to learn that thing. Yeah. And that's one thing that I really, I would say the main thing that I learned in my master's program is that I can do and learn anything. Cause something that some of the stuff that was just like so unbelievably difficult, like uh, really complex Python coding. And I'm like, man, this is like so hard, but it's like, you know what? I can do anything. I can, if I just set my mind to it and I work hard enough, I can do it. And so I have that confidence that, okay, maybe I don't know how to do that right now, but I can sure figure it out. And I think that is uh, just having the confidence to within yourself with your ability to learn is so important. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and that's that's kind of strewn throughout um, as we're going through talking through confidence is one of the things that you, no one knows everything about everything or knows how to do everything. But you can be, maybe um, there's confidence in competence. You can quote me on that. <laughs> there's confidence in competence, right? Sometimes you just, if you're just competent enough to figure it out, then, you know, you can be, you can be confident. So not, not everyone is born with that built in sense of self-confidence. Um, you know, some people, some people have it and some people don't, maybe they have low self-esteem or maybe they, do you think that that's innate or do you think that's learned? I think to a certain extent, I think maybe, you know, nature versus nurture. I think there's, maybe some of that in there. Um, I think, you know, I don't know. I think as someone maybe who, I think it, it, I think it's circumstantial. I think it's a little bit of both. I think there yeah. are certain people, I think if you come from maybe a household where you're, you're taught to, uh, you know, think for yourself and to have opinions and to be confident and, and to be competent, then I think, um, yeah, maybe that's nurture, but, at the same point, I think that if you, I don't know, maybe you're, maybe you're super tall, or you know, or you're, or super short, and you have self confidence. There's a lot of guys out there that are five, quote unquote, five eleven, yeah. <laughs> and they're standing on their tiptoes in the clubs, yeah, you know, trying to be taller because that's like a confidence, yeah, or you know, or yeah, someone who's you know, or. Five nine, where you're kind of you're not short, but you're not tall, and it's. I say quote unquote five. Those I was doing air quotes when I say five eleven, because on all the dating apps they'll say five eleven, but really they're not. Yeah, I, was, I think I saw. Yeah. See, dating apps were before my day, but I think I, I saw something on Instagram where it's like, if a guy says that he's five eleven on a dating app, he's not five eleven. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is too, you know, but I, you know, I'm I'm six two, and I don't really have, um, I I don't know, I, I've never really had that complex of feeling. Like, um, you know, not having confidence in that my, my, my height, let's say, but you know, I've felt in, in are unconfident in other things, but I think there's certain like features or whatever else. And one of the things we're going to talk about is one of the things that you can do to make yourself more confident is to uh, become physically fit. And so I think that's something that, um, and then your height, well, that won't affect your height. A lot of short guys. Well, I, uh, let me, let me like take this back, but several short guys that I have known get super jacked. Yeah, and, but I think it sometimes it has this effect that just get wider. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it, I mean I'm gonna say it's a proven fact, but it's a proven fact that a lot of times shorter guys can put on more muscle than like quicker than taller guys can because they have. I don't think it's. I don't. I don't want to get too technical, but maybe I just like to say that so I don't feel so bad that because well, I'm tall and I'm like how, oh, how tall is Schwarzenegger? Like six four? No, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the peak of his. Um, bodybuilding career he was 6'2 240 pounds yeah yeah pure of muscle pure muscle 
yeah. I was like, I was like, dude, I'm six two and two hundred and forty pounds. Like, I'm I'm at I'm at my peak Dang. right now. Yeah, exactly. I'm at my goal. <laughs> um, so you know, not everybody's born with it. I think I think it's kind of you know a lot, a lot of what we're taught as well. Um, many of us um can find it difficult to develop confidence. Um, either because of some, some personal experiences that we've had, maybe we uh, haven't been nurtured to the point to feel that we are capable, or uh, you know, some people are, are are not loved, but they're belittled, and 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 that self esteem is super low. So, um, what are some of the attributes of a confident person? So, uh, I read a bunch of different things and um, kind of compiled a list of five or six things that that are some of these attributes of a confident person. So. Confident person does what they believe is right, even if it is not popular. Um, they are willing to take risks. They admit their mistakes and learn from them. A confident person is able to accept a compliment, and a, uh, and a confident person is optimistic. Those are a couple of ones that I liked. So, um, projecting confidence really helps gain. Um, and, and, and I think anybody who's kind of been in the professional world, um, a lot of times in sales too, projecting that confidence helps you gain credibility. It, it makes a strong first, first impression. Um, it, it helps you and those around you deal with pressure. You know, if you can be confident in the face of pressure, then other people will kind of flock and like to be around people that aren't just going to panic and lose their mind. Um, and so it's uh, confidence really helps you tackle personal and professional challenges. And so the first part of that is that um, projecting confident helps you gain gain credibility. Um, that's I I believe that so much. You ever heard the phrase "fake it till you make it"? Right. So yeah. I have I have been saying that since like early high school. Right. Because. I learned early on that, you know, I didn't know everything, but as long as I went into things confidently and even like what you said, I might not know what is, but I'm confident that I can learn it. I'm confident that I can figure it out. Um, a couple examples of that. So, um, the first one is, um, my wife, she is a, a, an excellent photographer and uh, she's done lots of photo shoots, and she's taken some excellent pictures, and and um, you know she she's d- done a lot of things. But one of the things that she'd never done is done like um, school pictures. And a couple years ago, the opportunity came up to do school pictures for our son's uh, preschool, and uh, they found out that she was a photographer, and it was a you know, a, a private preschool and, and, and they said, Oh, well, uh, would you like to come and do all of the school portraits for, um, for all the kids? And it was like hundreds of kids, right? Maybe 800 kids. And, um, she was kind of like, well, um, I, I don't know. Yeah. G- give me some, give me a little bit of time. Right. And then we were talking about it and she's like, well, I've never done this before. And I was like, yeah, but you can do it. I mean, you've never, you've never had a setup like this, but you take amazing pictures, and I mean, all the all these parents care about are amazing pictures. We'll figure out the the business side and the online ordering side and all this different kind of stuff. We'll figure that out. And um, you know, she kind of said, 
all right, let's do it. And she, she I mean, she dove in like head first and, and it turned out great. It was a great opportunity. You know, it worked out great. Um, you know, financially it was great. And, um, and I would say 99% of all the parents that, um, that got their pictures absolutely loved them. You know, there's a couple Karens, but there's always a Karen. There's a couple Karens. But my it's just child like, wasn't smiling enough. Well, that's your child's fault. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, my child's hair was messed up. It's like, yeah, but I mean, so there's always those Karens. But it was. It's, it's not my fault. You send your kid to school like a ragamuffin. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what? But I mean, my wife is is such an angel that she like worked with those people and sent them like extra pictures of their kids. And and if they didn't like the picture, then she went back and because she took a bunch of different pictures and poses of all the kids to get the right one. And she found different poses and sent him that picture. And, and so, uh, but it was just like, at first she was like, I don't, I've never done this before. But then it was like, you know, fake it till you make it. Don't tell them that, you know? And, and she, she did it and it, and it worked out great. And so I don't know, was just a little bit of an example. Um, there's another example that I had. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, there's an interesting concept that uh, I've heard of before and I've always had it in my mind. It's called the yips. Have you ever heard of the yips? No. So I think the yips, I think that's what it's called. But it like it's in like I think it's mainly in sports with like I think it started with like baseball players, uh, a couple hockey players. But basically, it's when a player just has like a bad streak and they lose their confidence. And then everything just down is downhill for that because they've lost that confidence in themselves. It, it's just a spiral downward, and uh, and they just they're not a good player anymore. And, and it's only nothing's changed except for maybe just like they hit, have a couple bad plays or a couple bad things, and then all of a sudden it's just spiral. They can't snap out of it. They can't snap out of it. And then I think it's called the yips, but it's kind of interesting. Interesting, yeah. Um, so you know, as we're, we're talking about self confidence as we go through these different things, um. One of the other aspects of, of of confidence that I thought was interesting is having confidence in other people, um, and I think it takes a certain amount of of self confidence to be confident in somebody else. If that makes sense. For example, um, I uh, I went whitewater rafting with my dad or with our dad. I guess this was years ago. Um, we were in a an inflatable canoe and we were. Um, we were rafting. It was just a two-person raft, and it was like—I mean, it was like our our minds were on sync, and it was just—we didn't even have to talk. I mean, one person's in the back and one person's in the front, and whenever the person in the front switched sides paddling, the person in the pat in the back switched sides, and it was just like it was so fluid that it was like no matter what position we were in, both of us had one hundred percent confidence in the other person, and. That was, I mean, I even turned around at one point and I was like, this is awesome. You know, being able to trust in someone um, fully and in their capabilities and have confidence in them. And I think that's only, um, we could only do that because um, because we had confidence in our own abilities. And we weren't, um, you know, neither one of us were specifically, you know, timid or scared about, you can be nervous or scared or whatever, but you can still be confident th- through that. Um, 
but we trusted each other's confidence in, in what we were doing. And, you know, there's a couple other examples of, of other people that I have that type of confidence with, um, that, that I, I trust their abilities. Yeah. Like when we went to Molans, we used, we went to Molans in high school and we had like ran that thing with like a well-oiled machine. We'd pull up and then we'd immediately start the mower because that's the thing that took the longest. And the other person would weed eat and blow and, and do all this other stuff. And then so we had it down to where we were there the minimal amount of time we had to be there to make our fat stacks. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, and, and it was, and it wasn't even a thing. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe we went up when we were driving to the place or pulling up. We were like, okay, do you want to mow or do you want to weed eat today? Yeah. It's like, well, it doesn't matter which one I'll do. You know, maybe I want to mow or whatever. And then, okay, you just, you go do it and you get done. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Um, so that's, that's a little bit about confidence. Um, now how to, uh, let's talk a little bit how to build, uh, self-confidence. So, um, how to be more confident. Here's a couple, a couple just kind of pinpoint things to how to be more confident. Uh, look at what you have already achieved, even the small things. So think about your achievements, um, no matter how small, uh, think of the things that you're good at. Uh, if you can think of things, oh man, I'm really good at, um, you know, doing Excel sheets, or I'm really good at, you know, mowing Nunchuck the lawn. skills, yeah, computer hacking skills, <laughs> bow hunting skills. Yeah. So figure out something that you're really good at. Um, next is set some goals, some simple obtainable goals. If you're struggling with self confidence, set a goal and achieve it. That will do a ton to to give you confidence. Um, you should be doing a goals journal every day, by the way. Yeah. And thankful and a gratitude journal. Yeah. Talk yourself up is the next one. Uh, you know, I remember um, I had a friend who was just always down on himself and he would always, oh man, I'm so stupid. It's like, dude, you, you know, as a man thinketh, so is he, right? You're not stupid. You know, don't think of yourself like that. Don't think of yourself as, oh, you know, I can't or, oh, this is terrible or whatever. Just think your think yourself up. Talk yourself up, and uh, you know whether you want to do I don't know affirmations or whatever else it might be. But make yourself feel good. You, you're the only person that that really you can. I don't know. Say you're the only person you can count on. No one but, cares about you more than yourself. Yeah, one hundred. Or should be that way. Um, Maybe your mother, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's in a different way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next one is get a hobby. Uh, getting a hobby is important. If there's something you want to figure out, figure it out. Do it. Something you're interested in. Uh, and the next one, how to be more confident, is working out. Working out can give you confidence. Maybe you need to, uh, you know, shed a couple pounds, or maybe you want to, I don't know, grow your biceps, or maybe you want to, uh, I don't know, grow your calves. Yeah, grow your <laughs> calves, or I don't know, grow your beard, wh- whatever. You know, yeah. yeah. Do do something physically that makes uh, you feel more confident. And then the next one is is be prepared, right? Uh, education is information is power, and I think um, being prepared gives you that confidence. Uh, listen to the preparation episode that we had uh, with Toby. That's, yes, that's a good episode. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think it was episode twenty five. Yes. No. No. Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. So, um, I think that confidence goes back to societal norms, like guys who are balding or guys who are fat or, or I mean this could be for women too but um, you know there's a lot of societal norms that make people unconfident like nervous or or self-conscious but I think that confidence is it, it can 
that shows in like in who you are and like if you're a confident person that can cover many uh flaws or errors in the way that you look or the way that you act it's just that confidence if if it bleeds through people will feel that and they'll they'll trust you and they'll uh, believe you and that yeah. that will cover many sins i guess yeah. you could say P- people are attracted to confidence um not just not just like you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend type of attraction, but people are attracted to confidence for sure. Um, uh, so the last one there was, uh, being prepared. I, I have a kind of a, I don't, maybe this is a dumb story, but it's a cool story. I always thought it was a cool story. So did you ever see the movie, uh, Jack Reacher with, um, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, of course. So in the, in the first one, the books are way better though. By the yeah. Way. So, um, in the first Jack Reacher movie, He's sitting in a bar, and he's been doing this. He's been part of this investigation, and he's starting to kind of uncover some things. And he's sitting in this bar, and this girl comes up to him and sits down and like says some stuff to him, and he tells her to like get out of here. And then this this big guy comes up and is like, "Hey, you talking to my girlfriend or whatever?" And or his sister, and he's like, "What are you trying to get with her?" And and basically, it was this whole setup to where these like I don't know twenty to thirty year old guys were supposed to rough up Tom Cruise. Uh-huh. And so he's sitting there in the booth and he's like, are you sure you guys want to do this? He's like, he's like, just walk away. He's like, just walk away. We, we, we never had this conversation. And they're like, you know, I think you need to go out. I think you need to come outside with us. And he's like, oh. and he goes, he goes, all right, well, you need to pay your tab first. And he's like, why? And he's like, because you won't be able to afterwards. <laughs> right? Roasted. And so, and so they get outside and um, it's a typical like five or six on one situation. And Tom Cruise is there and he's like, guys, I really don't want to do this. He's like, do you do you guys? He's like, let's not do this. And they're like, you know, all right, man, put him up, you know, and they're kind of antagonizing him. And and he's like the the one the one big mouth, the leader of the bad guys is like, you know, can't you can't you see? Can't you count? There's there's six of us and only one of you. And he pulled like the whole bad guy move or, you know, you know. Like a uh, guy, oh, you you should have brought more men type yeah. stuff, and uh, and so he he ends up they end up coming after him, and then he beats up a couple of them, and then he beats up the leader, and then a couple of them run and everything, and so but it was just like that that confidence hit right? the biggest guy the hardest, and the rest will run. Yeah, it was that confidence that maybe there was a little bit of arrogance kind of stirred in there, but. To me, seeing that, I mean, he didn't he didn't want to fight him, but the thing was is that he was trained and he knew he had the confidence to say, hey, you know, he had the know how. He was prepared to where, I mean, he'd been in that spot so many times apparently yeah. that he's like, you know, okay, I guess if you yeah. guys want to, yeah. and it was like that confidence of he he was confident in his ability to defend himself and uh, the situation. But that was cool. Story. That reminds me of the scene in Logan. Remember at the beginning of the movie when he's in the limousine and he's sleeping. And these guys, these Mexican guys are like jacking up the car. They're trying to steal, steal the rims. Steal his rims, yeah. And he's, he's like, like, no, 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 stop. Don't crash the rims. And the it's guy's it's like, a lease. And the guy like pulls out a shotgun and he like shoots him. He's like, not the car. He jumps in front of the shotgun and gets blasted in the chest. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't want to want to mess up the leased car. Yeah, one of the guys hits the car and he's like, oh, and he just totally destroys those guys. Yeah, that was funny. The wolf <laughs> Um Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. So, so, go ahead. Go, no, yeah, I was just going to say, so... Um, uh, one quick note as well um, in going along with confidence is beware of overconfidence. Um, Overconfidence, I think, is not, it's not quite arrogance um, because I think overconfidence, I think you can maybe over, 
um, overextend yourself. So, for example, uh, maybe you your boss gives you a project and says, hey, uh, when can you get this done? You go, oh, this project's easy. I can get this done in a week, right? And then the end of the week comes and you're like, oh, shoot, this project was not easy and it's going to take me another two weeks to get done. Then you kind of overpromised, right? You were overconfident. Not that you were like, you weren't arrogant. I mean, you weren't like putting anybody down, but you... Um, you just underestimated. You, well, you, you overestimated yeah. your abilities, maybe. So, so maybe underpromise and overdeliver. Hey guys, just wanted to take a quick break and say thank you for listening today, and invite you to support us on Patreon. As a loyalist supporter, you get access to two additional episodes per month, which are not released publicly. You can find the link to our Patreon page in the episode description. Let's get back to the show. Um, there's something called the victory disease and it occurs in military uh, history when a military leader gets complacent or arrogant, uh, brought on by victories or series of victories. Uh, and it makes en- engagement at the end disastrous for that commander and his forces. You know, a couple of examples of these are the Japanese, uh, in the beginning of the war, they smashed a separate Harbor, they smashed it in the Pacific, several different places, and they were doing really good. And then, uh, they were just like, man, we're unbeatable. And then at Midway, we absolutely midway. destroy them. I think we sunk like four or five of their... I think all, I think all but one of their, of their aircraft carriers. carriers. Yeah. And then uh, you think about Napoleon, too, uh, when he had to, at the Battle of Moscow, this came, everything came to a culmination. Of, it was like, okay, well, you're fighting a different enemy, different tactics. You can't use the same thing every time, and so you're not invincible. And, um, you know, that's so interesting that... Uh, that's kind of a, that victory disease uh, is kind of what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. So, so I, I guess confidence and arrogance kind of can go hand in hand, or or can kind of be it can be a thin line, or it can be uh, you know the Grand Canyon, the Grand Canyon in some cases. Uh, so let's talk about arrogance. So arrogance is an exaggerating, or is when you exact is exaggerating, or disposed to exaggerate one's own worth or importance, often by over in an overbearing manner. So it's sometimes that you can, it can be expressed or showing offensive attitude towards superiority. Uh, some examples of arrogance is when someone thinks that they're never wrong. Uh, when someone believes that they're better than others and they know more than everyone else. Or when so people, sometimes people will do that around like money. Like, do you know how much money I make a year? And it's like, yeah, what does that matter at all? Like, does that make you a better person? It's just like, that rubs me the wrong way. Uh, some people believe that they are capable of something that, or believing that you're capable of something that you're not. And I don't, that's different than like, like I said earlier, like I have come confident that I'm confident in myself and my abilities to do things, but that doesn't mean I'm capable. I mean, I'm confident in myself, my abilities to adapt, but like if I start boasting, like, oh yeah, I could do anything in the world. Just because you've been to Top Golf a couple times doesn't mean that you could go on the PGA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, uh, one of the interesting things here, one of my personal story is that sometimes you run into people who, um, you know, it seems like they're so confident. Like I, had, I worked with a guy once, and this was when I was working in the, the financial industry, and financial advisors are like. <laughs> They're a certain type, and just guys who think that they know everything. And so, like, it was, uh, you know, I, was, I had a, this buddy, and he literally would never admit that he was wrong. He was always right. And, like, so in any conversation that I had with him, it's like if I said something, I had, I had had, I better be able to back that up, like, as a factual statement. 
because he if he he'd probably challenge me on it, and then we need to go, and then I have to go Google it and be like, no, dude, look, this is actually right. And so uh, one time he said something, and I was like, that's not right. And then I and he's like, oh yeah yeah yeah, and I pressured him, pressured him, pressured him, pressured him, pressured, him, and I like dug in, dug in, dug in, and he finally was like, oh yeah, that's right. oh yeah, oh it's it's fine. And I was like, dude, you seem like a such a confident. You he he seemed always so confident. Everything he said was just like matter of fact, but I was like, that that's just the way that you talk. Like you don't know hardly anything. I mean, we were 21 year old or 22 year old guys at a school, 23 year olds at a school. And so uh, it's it just, that really rubbed me the wrong way. And I, I was like, I never want to be the guy who's just like always like, Oh yeah, this is what you absolutely have to do when I don't know what to do. And if you're in a work environment or even like another environment and you, and you are depending on someone and you're like, Hey, what are we going to do here? and they don't know, then it's okay to say I don't know. Uh, and But I'm willing to figure it out. So if someone asked me something I don't know, I was like, you know what, I don't know that, but I can go figure it out. I'd rather someone say that than, oh yeah, I'll, I absolutely know that, and then just make up some BS. And then waste your time. Yeah, so uh, that that is one thing that uh, has really uh, sunk into me and uh, earlier, and I was like, man, I do not want to be like that. Uh, I, you know. I, I probably am like that sometimes, but I try not to be like that. <laughs> um, so how to avoid uh, seeming arrogant. So you can offer meaningful compliments to people, not just like, hey, nice tie, but like, hey, you know, how's your, you know, you did a great on that presentation or whatever. Uh, give others credit. So giving others credit and recognizing that sometimes you can't do everything on your own. So like, oh, the team did a great job or like so-and-so did a great job on this part of the presentation or, you know, wh- or what have you. Um Admit when you were wrong and don't take yourself too seriously. So, you know, people who are confident can laugh at themselves. I think that's the only thing that The Rock says. He's like, you need to be able to laugh at yourself. Yeah, that, that was that was one of the things that a confident person can, um, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, uh, admit their mistakes and learn from them. Yeah. So remember uh, people's names and ask genuine questions of others. That's one thing. Uh, be courteous and kind. So the one quote I had found, it says, there's a thin line between confidence and arrogance, and it's called humility. Confidence smiles, arrogance smirks. Uh, that's There's a kind of a subtle difference there. Uh, one of the interesting historical um, versions of, of arrogance I think about was uh, Hitler in when he sent... Well, he's a very arrogant guy. In fact, he one of his generals, uh, Alfred Jodl, chief operations at OKW, reflected on the Fuhrer style. This quote here: He says, "If there's anything that clearly demonstrates the revolutionary character of Hitler's method of military leadership, it is that he does not concede to military working staff, the OKW, uh, within it, the operation staff, the role of strategic advisor. All attempts I undertook." in the direction failed. Hitler was willing to have a working staff that translated his decisions into orders, which he w- would then issue as supreme commander of the Wehrmacht, uh, but nothing more. He did not care to hear any other points of view. If they were even hinted at, he would break into a short-tempered fit and enraged agitation. Remarkable, uh, and for soldiers, incomprehensible. Conflicts developed out of Hitler's almost mystical conviction of his own infallibilities as leader of the nation and 
and of the war. And so when you think about this in the context of the Battle of Stalingrad. I was going to say the German Eastern Front, the Russian Western Front. Yeah, so Stalin Grad was named after Joseph Stalin. And so Hitler's like, I want to take that city. If I Imagine taking the city with the other president's namesake. Uh, and so that was like a big point of pride. And so he was very arrogant. And so they had done this blitzkrieg strategy and, and and the Netherlands and Poland where they just rushed in and they basically took all these countries in a matter of weeks, uh, just blitzing through them. And so what he did was he sent uh, all these German troops over to Stalingrad. And this was in July of uh, 1942-ish, the summer of 1942. And he was like, oh yeah, we're going to have these we're going to take Stalingrad by the the summer well, in a few weeks and we'll have this thing down pat. And Joseph Stalin, he at the time he issued something called uh, uh the Soviet High Command issued order number 227. And in this order one of the points that, from that said from within the uh, well it, this was the famous order where he said not one step back. He said we've given enough up enough territory, not one step back. And one of the things within this, it says, this was a kind of a, a quote-ish from that order. It says, from within the limits of each army, three to five well-armed defensive squads uh, and put them directly behind unstable divisions and require them in case of panic and scattered withdrawals of elements of the divisions to shoot in place panic mongers and cowards and thus helping the honest soldiers of the division execute their duty to the motherland. So if you turn around and retreat as a Russian soldier, you would have got shot. So, and that's like, if you ever watch the movie Enemy at the Gates, yeah, that's exactly what they do. All these soldiers are getting unloaded into Stalingrad and they're like, go, you fight for the motherland. Here's a, and they, and they yeah. hand the guy a, a rifle and then they say, when he dies, you yeah. pick up his weapon. The first guy, they hand a rifle and then they hand a clip of, a clip of bullets and then a clip of bullets. To the next two and guys. The next two guys and then a rifle, bullets, bullets, rifle, bullets, bullets. And then they send him out there and they go fight, go fight. And then there's like no retreat. So the guy's coming back. They're shooting at, so they're literally getting shot at from both directions from their the own. The Germans and their the own Germans guys. and their own guys. And so this was such an interesting, so that, that was just interesting in the context of Stalingrad. So that basically went on. So they got stuck there through the winter and the Germans didn't, they weren't prepped for the winter. That was where this arrogance comes in is they were not ready for a winter offensive there. And so they got stuck there. They had no clothes for winter. They, they ran out of medicine, food, ammo. Uh, they got split up into two camps and, uh, the whole city was basically leveled. I mean, basically just destroyed to a rubble. And Hitler, the, the the German general that was there, he was like, you know, we need to surrender. And he's like, you know, I'm going to make you a field uh, a field officer. And no field officer has ever uh, surrendered. Or every and and the guy, he basically told the guy to kill himself or, or and to fight to the last yeah. man. And so the guy's like, screw that, man. And uh, he he ended up going over, to, eventually surrendering to the Germans. Uh, excuse me, surrendering to the uh, the Russians. And it's crazy, interesting uh, what Hitler said about that guy. If you don't, you're going to read that. He said, "How can one be so cowardly?" This is what Hitler said: "How can one be so cowardly? I don't understand it. What is life? Life is the nation. The individual must die anyway. Beyond the life of the individual is the life of the nation. So many people have had to die." 
and then a man like that besmirches the heroism of so many others the last minute. He could have freed himself from all sorrow and ascended into eternity and national immortality, but he prefers to go to Moscow. That's what Hitler said. So he's obviously pissed. That sounds like the nationalist uh, Nazis <laughs> to me, but yeah. So uh, it was. Uh, he was not happy that the guy surrendered, but the just listen to this: how many people died? The arrog- well, the arrogance of power, uh, coupled with the fear of Hitler, resulted in continuing slaughter of more than eight hundred thousand Germans and Romanians, and additional ninety-one thousand men were captured and sent to Russian gulags, and in Siberia. Only five to six thousand of those ever returned home. A decade after the after the war um, ended, out of ninety thousand, five thousand, out of yeah. Uh, so in total, there were almost there were around a million Red Army soldiers that died, or so Soviet soldiers that died or went missing. So in total, about two million people died in that battle, and uh, it, it was just unbelievable how, how much carnage was there and you think about the arrogance really kind of on both sides from Hitler just being like no we have to take it and, and he's not, he wasn't ready he wasn't prepared he it's almost like that victory disease you know he wasn't prepared and, and then on Stalin's side you know just shooting people for retreating and and just sending people in that weren't prepared a million people died can you so many people and, and in one city one battle yeah Unbelievable. But uh, so that's kind of some interesting stories about arrogance. One of the questions I want to discuss with you, though, uh, was about Muhammad Ali. He was a very controversial figure. And and I was thinking about him and saying is many people had called him arrogant and uh, uh, cocky uh, in a lot of the stuff he said. You know, he's a I murdered a rock. You know, I I hit the switch and I was in the bed before the lights went out or. I handcuffed lightning and all all this kind of crazy stuff. Uh, he, he would kind of say it in a rhyme. He, he was really a showman in the way that he would, uh, you know, rhyme and, and say all this kind of stuff and, and, and try to intimidate his yeah, enemies. Yeah, he'd, he'd kind of trash talk his opponents. Yeah, trash talk, try, try to rattle them. When he tra- fought, um, um, what's the guy? Um, jo- Joe George, George Foreman. Or George Foreman. He'd also be Joe Frazier. When he fought um, George Foreman, I think he was like fighting him and then like, you know, at the time he was like I think thirty one. George Foreman was like twenty five, and so it was an older guy versus a much younger guy, and he was beating him. And then he kind of went up to him at the end, and he's like, "Is that all you got?" And then he like came up and he goes, "That's not what Rocky said." Dude. Yeah, he's like, you ain't nothing. Yeah, and then he came back and went, boom, knocked him out. And that's that famous picture where he's like standing over the guy, you know. And so, uh, yeah, I think uh, one of the Muhammad Ali, one of his defenses, well. One of his defenses was just to say, if anybody ever asked him, if, oh, you're, you're so arrogant, he would automatically say you're racist. And so that was kind of his card that he would play. But one of the, and, and I don't agree with that, obviously, but one of the things that he would say is that if you can back it up, is it arrogance? Yeah. If you can walk the walk, are you allowed to talk the talk? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. My... um kind of a couple of things in arrogance. I said I said uh, arrogance is confidence without humility. Is is kind of how I how I felt what felt what arrogance was. Arrogance uh, tears people down, but confidence helps to lift other people up. Um so if I'm thinking about that and arrogance, um you know, I, I would say he, I would say he was arrogant. Um you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, maybe. But I would say in defense though 
he's trying to rattle those other people to get in their head so that so that when they come to the fight they doubt themselves yeah i think it's i think it's part of the game i think a lot of that was his was his tactic st- yeah. tactic and strategy but at the same point and i don't know much about his um his out of the ring life but I don't know how. Uh, I, I think it would depend on how he how he acted outside of the ring. You know, like he was all, am, over the, all over the place out of the ring. And so, for example, you know, I think that there's. I can't remember what there was an MMA fighter that was like really big. That was like top tier, like um, like Kimbo Slice, ch- you know, <laughs> like 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 champion MMA fighter. Uh-huh. And he said he was asked, you know, have you ever been in a fight fight outside of the ring? He said no. Why would I get in a fight outside of the ring? It was just like he he didn't he didn't need to. I yeah. mean, it was like he 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 had won all of these fights in the that ring. Must not be Conor McGregor. No, <laughs> no. He had he had been in all these fights in the ring and he had won. But it was like no, I've I've never needed to fight. He was just like a just an all around like a good guy, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just like also you probably go to jail if you fight out of the ring because well hands yeah you're, yeah that's true. <laughs> um. So I think it would depend on how he lived his his, his um, outside of competition. Competition makes people do weird things. So I had a quick example. But before you go on your on our mission uh, or to your mission for our church, you go to a um, it's a center. It's called the MTC, the Missionary Training Center. Uh, basically, it's where you. Uh, in our case, we were learning Spanish, and and there's a lot of different uh, things you do in preparation for going uh, on your mission. Um, but one of the things that we do is you do uh, scripture study while you're there, and um, there was one kid who had a uh, he had a photographic memory or what it seemed like, and he had the whole scriptures basically memorized. I mean he, I mean it literally it was like you could give him any topic and he would pull like you know he could read you off basically from Genesis to Revelations right the the entire scriptures of oh this and this and that and he had. St- basically the whole scripture is memorized and dang it was crazy uh that's like book of eli right <laughs> yeah exactly he's got the whole thing memorized <laughs> he's got the whole thing the whole bible memorized but it was interesting because he it was impressive but he was so arrogant i mean it was like no matter what you said you were dumber than him you would say something he'd be like well yeah but but this and this and this and this and he was just like everything he was trying to do is just trying to prove everybody else wrong and that he was smarter than everybody else. It was really interesting because for him, it probably felt like confidence, right? For him, he's probably like, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm prepared. I know the scriptures. You know, I, I know I have everything memorized. You know, I'm, I'm smart and I'm confident. You know, I can do it, which for him, maybe it was confidence. But for everyone around him and everyone he associated with, it was arrogance. And it was it was just so annoying. And it was just like, man, I don't even want to talk to you. Um, and so sometimes it's hard for us to see our own arrogance. Um, but really, arrogance is kind of like a subline to pride, I think. Um, but it, it's it's very easy for others to see, but it's hard for for us to recognize sometimes in ourselves. Yeah, totally. That's why being self-aware, which is another episode we did, is so important. <laughs> it's like one big loop. It all just kind of comes around. <laughs> exactly. So I know we had each did a quote on this one. Yep. So go ahead and share your quote. Um, all right. So um, my quote that I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do two quotes. Uh, okay. One quote is not from me. I pulled it from somewhere else. And then one is. So 
The first one, this is this quote is not for me. I'm not sure who said it, but uh, it says, "Confident isn't walking into a room thinking that you are better than everyone. It's walking in and ha- not having to compare yourself to anyone at all." So yeah. that's confidence. That's um, good. I like that. So my quote is, um, "Confidence is the building block for progression. You do not have to know everything." but be willing and able to learn and become great. Never be ashamed of your weaknesses, but be hopeful and optimistic in your ability to learn and achieve. Which kind of goes back to what uh, what we were saying earlier with sometimes you don't have to know everything, but you have to be able to, to learn and to grow and to be confident in your own abilities. Yeah, totally. So what was yours? Uh, walking the thin line of arrogance... And confidence can carefully be done by leaning upon the Lord in humility and faith. If we trust in the Lord and are honest with ourselves, we will avoid the sin of pride that pushes confidence to arrogance. I like it. Pride pushes confidence to arrogance. That's right. It's the That's what will shove you over the line. Or the, the, or the great chasm, as you said. Yeah. The, the cavern, the that's canyon. A, over the cliff. Yep. It'll shove you off. Well, I think this has been really great. Um, you know, I, I think it's important too. We've talked about a lot of different things, but you know, how do we how do we be more confident and not arrogant in our own lives? Um, and 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 how do we teach that to our children? So, um, I think a lot of the the same principles that that we've learned and and breeding those those thoughts and that self esteem to be not only confident in ourselves, but yeah, and in, in, in those that we're around, lifting other people up. Um, you know, teaching our children that you know I can do tough things. Letting them, letting them solve some of their own problems. Um, you know, confidence is a it is a trait that not everyone has, but I think developing it will take us far. Indeed, for sure. Totally agree. Well, thank you everybody for for joining today. It's been a great episode. Uh, as always, uh, we, we appreciate you guys your feedback and and for following us on Instagram and your likes and your comments on the stuff that we post and uh, this is a lot of great examples in this one of of arrogance versus uh, confidence and so hopefully your own confidence has been built so yeah follow us on instagram a.brothers.creed also if you don't have instagram on facebook at a brother's creed um and then our, our youtube channel as well yep let's build that creed together let's do it